Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Away, back to the breakaway. He backed it, moving right in. Oh, the shot. Got it over. Did it again. How did he do it? He shot. He did it. It's in Belfort's glove. I don't believe it. Federer can't believe it. How in the world did he make that save? Hello and welcome to another episode of Tendy Talk. I am your host Joe, better known as Washed Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with fellow podcaster Keats Zanders of the Between the Pipes podcast. Keats has an interesting background having been born in Latvia and immigrated to the U.S. at the age of 13. Keats and I talked for a long time, like close to three hours total long. So I decided to break this interview up into two parts, but don't worry, you don't have to wait till next week to hear part two. We'll be releasing part two tomorrow. Until then, enjoy the first half of the interview. Keats, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Uh, it, it was yeah. kind of serendipitous. Uh, I had sent you a message on Instagram saying, hey, you have a podcast. Uh, I have one. I, I should have you on. And your response was, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I've, I've been a follower. I've been listening. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to listen to all the podcasts, you know, where you've been recording, but I've enjoyed them. And I was like, man, you know, getting some ideas here and there if I can. I'm pretty new in the podcast game, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so am I. You know, I, I've told the story on the uh, podcast that uh, I've been thinking of having one for a while, and finally my wife and kids got me a book and a microphone for Father's Day, and they said, all right, do it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. So, that's awesome. Yeah, I, um, I started out doing a podcast with a friend, uh, same here in Colorado, uh, Cody Beekman. Uh, he was an old teammate of mine and uh, long story short, he got involved in a bad accident a few years back and which paralyzes him neck down. Uh, but kid still has a lot of passion for hockey and he lives and breathes it. And uh, one day went over for beers and, you know, we, we kind of talked about how we'd love to be involved in the hockey community in some sort of way. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of threw out the idea idea. Yeah. I was like, you know, I was like, I call him the hockey dictionary. I mean, he just knows so much stuff that like, he just knows a lot, you know, he knows a lot about the game, some old players. He just is smart when it comes to the game. So yeah. Tom was like, how about, you know, it was like, you always talk about it. You're passionate about it. Why not start a podcast? And his yeah. eyes lit up and he was so, so excited about it. Um, so then I, um, I purchased him microphones and stuff, just kind of like a good deed, you know, Mm-hmm. And uh, 
we started recording it and he's been still doing it today. Uh, it's called on the bench with beaks and, uh, he's had some great guests. Uh, he had Milan Heyduka on not too long ago. Oh, awesome. Like, so he, he's getting some, he's getting some cool people here, at least in the Colorado area, you know, but I just, since I started doing that podcast with him, I was just always like, man, like it would be cool to do something more goalie, you know, Yeah. and something that's more, I guess mine in a way. Cause I, my plan was like, that's, that's your podcast. I yep. want you to do what you want to do with it. Right. Um, so yeah. So I kind of stepped out, stepped away, you know, and uh, let him do his thing and he's been doing an awesome job. And um, I started doing this and um, I'll be honest, I'll be, I've been kind of slacking, you know, <laughs> I haven't been re- releasing as many, uh, you know, episodes as I would probably want to. Uh, but you know, life got in the way. I'm, I'm in, in the midst of uh, moving. Uh, the girlfriend and I were moving in a new townhome, and so we're kind of in the process of packing and getting out of our lease at our one-bedroom apartment. And it's just been much more than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of put things a little behind. So as soon as uh, as soon as I'm I'm moved into the new place and got to settled in i need to start start recording some more episodes again and kind of yeah. getting getting some things out there <laughs> you know and, and i think that was my hang up for the longest time was like my background's in marketing and it's a, with putting out content so i'm like i need to have a dedicated content plan which for me is knowing who i'm talking to and when so i didn't even release the first episode i think until i had five of them in the can so i knew like okay this wasn't gonna be a flash in the pan um, but then I, I was just like always, you know, recording two or three in a week. So I always had a couple of, you know, one of my new year's resolutions was to work smarter and not harder with the podcast. So I'm right. scheduling one a week, but the week yep. before they air. Uh, but for me, that also means for my own anxiety, I have to schedule them about two months out. <laughs> so no, that's uh, I, sense. I, yeah. I have them uh, lined up and uh, I've, I've got some good ones lined up. Now this week I, I am recording too because the uh, episode that will air before this one, I, I got to talk to my childhood idol, Eddie Belfort and his son, oh, Dane. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, so we, we got to talk goaltending and whiskey because they have their own whiskey brand. Uh, so that, that, that was pretty exciting. Um, yeah. So, so let me ask you just like, you know, do you just reach out to these guys strictly on Instagram as kind of an invite or? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great question. It's been a combination, you know, like a guy like Kelly Rudy, I just reached out to him. Uh, I sent a text on or a tweet on Twitter. is like, Hey, when, when are you going to be on my podcast? And he sends me a response back whenever. Uh, so we did some communicating back and forth. Now, a guy like Don Strauss, the uh, mask maker and painter, um, uh-huh. that was through, uh, I would say, a mutual friend, a few, former uh, uh, guest on the podcast, Matt from Vintage Goalie. He, he talked to Don yes. and he's like, you got to talk to Joe. He's a stand up guy. He's not going <laughs> to, you know, do you bad. So, uh, but for Eddie Belfour, I reached out to the marketing department at Belfour Spirits and you know, proved that this wasn't just uh, I want to talk to him because I'm a super fan or anything like that. It was like, no, I, I have a platform. I have a following. You know, I shared some of the numbers uh-huh. and all of that. And they're like, absolutely like to have you on. And what was fun is uh, it wasn't just that. It was Ed and his son, Dane, who's also a goaltender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dane and I 
played for the same youth hockey association. So oh, wow. you know, we were able to talk about the old rink and the pro shop across the street and some of that stuff. So that, that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's, I'm kind of like mo- mostly, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram. I don't have like, yeah. you know, like a between the pipes Facebook page or anything like yeah. that. Um, but we did it with uh, on the bench with beaks and you know, what I would learn is like Facebook doesn't really do much. Instagram no. seems to be like yeah. the main, you know, where you can kind of like direct message people and people are more yeah. responsive. But man, like, I'll tell you what, I was so surprised how responsive the hockey community is. Not that I thought they wouldn't be, you know, but even if it's like, sorry, I can't do it. You're always going to get something back. Yeah. Like no one's ever, I can't say no one's ever said like, screw you kid or anything like that. Yeah. It's just been awesome. Um, And, and, and just even like talking to other people that do podcasts and stuff, you know, if, um, if someone talked to a goalie or something, you hear and there, I'll get a message. Hey, I talked to so-and-so yep. uh, might be worth reaching out to him. He was very friendly. And from the sounds of it, he's willing to do these types of podcasts and this and that. And it's like, wow, well, thank you. That's awesome. You know? Well, that's when I had the two guys from Angola on the, uh, podcast, uh, Woody and Hutch, you know, it was just, Hey, you know, I, I love to help you out. You know, we, we got our own podcasts and, and, you know, we know what it's like to, uh, do this. So we're, we're happy to help. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, and the more people I meet with and talk to, you know, they're more willing to kind of open up their black book a little bit to, and uh, yeah. try and yeah. get in touch with people, which is really fun. But a lot of it, like you said, is just um, reaching out. It, it, it's almost like being back in high school, you know, in the pre yeah. you know, what's the worst she's going to say? No. Right. Um, and just, if, and, yeah. If that's the case, you move on, you know, there I've, I've got a, I'm a little OCD because I'm a goalie. So I have my spreadsheet off to the side where, you know, there, there's the <laughs> list of people I want to talk to at my targets. Yeah. I, I want to have them on the podcast, but uh, I don't want to just talk to pro goalies. I want to talk to goalies of um, all levels, you know, I, Amen. Thank I had you. a yeah. goalie from my high school on. Um, I, I plan on trying to get one of the neighborhood kids. He's a squirt goalie. Um, he's buddies with my son. Uh, I, I want to have him on. I know that'll probably be a shorter episode and it'll be, you know, one, two word uh, responses, but I, I think yep. it'll be fun to to talk to a little guy, um, you know, and kind of get his insight into the game, especially as they've had to deal with COVID, you know, they're, they're having to deal with something we never had to as youth hockey players. Yeah. Um, but in the beer leaders, you know, talking to some of those guys, mm-hmm. a guy like Justin <laughs> Goldman, who's out in Colorado by you, He's not your average yeah. beer leaguer and uh, no. Bones from Nashville. You know, they're not your yep. average beer leaguers. Um, but what I've noticed in talking to all these goalies, doesn't matter what level they're at, whether it be the high school kid, the beer leaguer, or some of the NHL guys I've talked to, once the conversation starts, it's like two old teammates reconnecting and just telling yeah. stories. It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. No, just like you said, Justin's huge in the Colorado community. Yeah. Um, every goalie knows who justin is you know yep. um which which he's one of the people on my list and and we were supposed to do something we kind of talked here and there but unfortunately you know with his with his mom passing away yeah. at the end of the year just kind of changed life a little bit for him which is obviously understandable you yep. know and and I'm, I'm sure COVID has a lot to do with things too kind of getting in the way of stuff you know mm-hmm. how we live our lives these days or most of us um so i'm hoping that may you know later on maybe this year we'll be able to um figure something out and and uh kind of have a talk uh 
one thing that I really wanted to do, cause you know, he has like the, he has a whole setup, you know, a warehouse and like yeah. where he, where old things, it would be cool. Like, you know, once this like COVID stuff just kind of goes and we could maybe like figure out a time and meet up and maybe, yep. you know, I got a couple GoPros or something, figure a way out, maybe like film, like a cool interview, like yep. where everything happens and we can talk about the books and, you know, the goalie guild program, lift the mask, you know, all that. Um, it was just pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah. You know, he was one of the uh, first people I talked to and um, he, he was fantastic. Uh, again, it was just like two guys just sitting there talking because we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And uh, I'd probably reach out to him more and just, uh, you know, converse, but I, I know he's got so much on his plate. I don't want to bug Absolutely. him. But a guy like Bones, um, I would say once every week or so, you know, we, we got messages going back and forth about, you know, I saw your video that was awesome or, you know, yeah. uh, stuff like that. So yeah, the, a lot of those guys I would say are, uh, social media friends now. In fact, my, yeah. my wife and I have been toying with the idea of moving to Nashville and I, I started reaching out to bones is like, Hey, if I move down there, you think you can help me find a team? It's like, Oh, absolutely. And you know, uh, we've never actually been to Nashville. We've just been doing our homework and that's a place we think we would really enjoy. Uh -huh. Um, and he's like, well, you know, if you come down, I'll, I'll help show you around if you need it. If, if we can go to games in person and the Preds are in town, I'll, I'll get you some tickets. Uh, so that, that's just the kind of guy he is. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, he recently started following my page and, and I've kind of heard about him here and there. And I, I got to know him a little bit better listening through your episode mm -hmm. with him. Uh, I yet have had a, ch I know he has a YouTube channel as well. I haven't yes. really had a chance to kind of browse, browse through that. Um, you got to check love his stuff out. He's been putting the vintage equipment on and doing stuff. Just, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I was just going to, the, the vintage is what pop, got my eyes. You know, it just, I just remember like some of the older goalies and it's like, wow, like I haven't seen that gear in quite some time. <laughs> Nonetheless, someone using it still, you know, and yes. it's like, and uh, I'm all about the old gear. I'm kind of like you. I mean, when it comes to gear, I'm kind of an old soul. I get used to something and it's yeah. so hard to just like, you know, kind of throw them to the side and granted like the new stuff's cool. And yes, I've tried some, uh, but I just, I, I just can't get used to it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, my, my stuff's now going on 21 years old, so I know it's time to replace it. I'm a little scared to replace it because so much has changed, you know, I've talked to enough goalies to know that my game will change when I get into modern equipment. Um, right. I've, I've talked to a goalie gear nerd and he's like, well, when you're ready, let's talk. I'll help you, you know, with some of the specs and everything else. So I, I've, uh, since I was it September, I've been putting a little bit away with each paycheck. So hopefully by uh, fall, I, I can uh, order my, my first and only set of full custom pads because I know, since I've worn these for 21 years, uh, I just turned 40. If I play for another 21 years, 61 years, like goaltending, it'll probably be time for me to hang up the pads and be a forward at that point. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've been so bad with my stuff too. I've, I just got an old set of Reebok 5Ks, you know, that my parents bought me in like early 2000s when I was still, you know, playing for a club team here in Colorado. Um and I've still been rocking them. Are they a bit too small me? Absolutely. You know, and, and have I gotten a little banged up because of them? 
100%. Yeah. But I always, you know, like good example is like those didn't have like, you know, like the knee protectors, for example. Yeah. Right? And I got my knees banged up so bad. One, oh, yeah. one time to the point where like I had to go to the doctor and get it drained. It just got all puffed up and ugly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, instead of me like, well, I'll be looking at new gear, I go to the pro store. Hey, can I just buy some uh, knee pads, you know, that I can just put <laughs> over? And that's yeah. what I've been doing, you know, and I haven't banged my knees since. I have um, never worn the knee pads underneath. You know, and my Vons have that little four that's about that big. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I get hit, I sure as heck feel it. But like that, that's how I came up. You know, my very first set of pads or association pads were from the 1970s, brown leather filled with deer hair. So it's like, right. To me, I, I just learned to play that way. So it's like, I'm supposed to have bruises on, you know, the upper part of my knees. And absolutely. So, yeah. So you, yeah. Know, you, you mentioned the pads you have, your parents bought playing association. Let's back up even further before you got into hockey. So you weren't born in the U.S. You were born in Latvia. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, why did the family choose to immigrate to the U.S.? And how old were you when that happened? Yeah. So that um, that kind of you know that was never like a planned thing or anything. Um, that's I'm not gonna go like it's it just a long long story, you know. But yeah. long story short, uh, what ended up happening was uh, my dad my dad met my stepmom. Uh, which she lived here in Colorado. Okay. Um, and you know, one thing led to another, um, you know, mom would come out to Latvia during summertime, live for three months, you know, go back that sort of thing. And, and it got, you know, to the point where it's like, all right, it would be nice to have the whole family (laughs) together under one roof for the whole year. (laughs) Exactly. And, and, you know, I, I, from vaguely from what I remember uh, you know, the conversation was, well, what, what would work better? What would make more sense moving everyone to Latvia or, you know, moving everyone to the United States. And I think, uh, you know, obviously coming here, there's, um, much more, you know, opportunity, uh, for us younger, cause I have a younger brother, how to have a younger brother, you know, and, uh, just, just for us so schooling and all that, it just, it just made more sense. Plus, you know, language, um, I didn't speak very good English at first. Uh, I there, yeah. I had to I had to take a couple English classes for a few years to kind of get used to it, you know, and yeah. and, and kind of get the language down better than I did. Um, but still, I was able to somewhat conversate. And and you know, my mom, you know, she's lived in the United States all her life. You know, she knew four words of Latvian, you know, so it she would have had obviously a very hard time. And I couldn't imagine how hard of a time my brother would have had, you know, growing up. Um, so anyways, uh, we just, the decision was made that every, everyone moving here would be better, you know, and, and at that time, you know, my, my mom already was pretty established, you know, she had a home here and stuff. So that was already all set. It was just kind of figuring all the legal work to get Mm -hmm. us here. Um, so yeah, uh, I was about 13 years old. Uh, when I moved here, were, were you playing hockey at that time or did you pick that up once you, uh, came stateside and discovered the avalanche? Uh, no. So hockey, hockey was already picked up in Latvia and that's really where the career started. Um, 
best story I could, I guess I could say how it really went down was uh, we'll going back to about 1996. Mm-hmm. That was the time when uh, a Latvian native, Sandus Ozolinch, actually played for Colorado Avalanche. Uh, my dad's been a hockey fan for God knows how long. And, uh, you know, he always followed very closely the national team, uh, Team Latvia, and, and especially when you start seeing some of the NHL guys like Arthur Zerbe, Sandus Ozilich, yep. the Sharks, and then, you know, all the trades later down the road where Sandus ended up um, being, being with the Avs. And I remember my dad just being glued to that TV, waking up late, late nights or early, early mornings, I should say, yep. to watch live games. Uh, and uh, it just kind of piqued my interest, you know, and mm-hmm. I kind of, kind of started paying a little more, a little more attention, you know? Um, and I think what really happened was I think my dad started noticing that I am uh, showing some, some sort of an interest to the sport. Um, so later on, you know, uh, my dad took me to like a local pro store and he bought me my very first hockey stick and he got himself one cause he didn't have one as well, but he's <laughs> always, you know, yeah. He's always he's always been interested in the sport and he loved playing it. Uh with my dad, though, you know, in in his times when he was younger, it was a different diff, a whole different time in Latvia, yeah. you know, like the gear wasn't really available. Uh and if it was, the prices were outrageous. So he didn't have an well, opportunity. When he grew up too, Latvia, um, if I remember my world history right, was kind of part of the Iron Curtain you know, Correct. on the Eastern side. So even if hockey was available to him, it wasn't uh, as glamorous as the beer leagues are now. And I see you're opening your beer. So I'm going to get mine. Yes, open sir. Too. Yes, sir. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Yep. What do you, I have to ask, what are you drinking? All right. So I, um, I went to the liquor store today and this is a Raisendorf Kolsch from Germany. Oh, I love um, good Kolsch. Yeah, so I I'm a light light beer guy. I don't like the heavy beers too much here and there, but yeah, this is like I love sipping on this stuff. I I I appreciate both. I'm, this time of year, I like the darker beers, uh, but I've got a Boom Island uh, Fixie Abbey Blonde. Uh, it's a local beer out of Minneapolis awesome. here, so pretty good. Very cool. My, my brother-in-law brought them over one of the days, and it's been sitting in the drawer. And I said, "Yeah, now's a good day to drink it." Yeah. yeah <laughs> so that's awesome back to the discussion you know your dad picks up some sticks from the uh, pro shop and uh so how did you wind up you know stopping pucks rather than shooting them so how it started out was so we get these sticks right and uh at the time uh we lived in a home um and and there was this old fence you know that was maybe about the size of like a, you know, goalie net. Yeah. And, and this uh, was still in Latvia, correct? This was still in Latvia. Okay. And uh, obviously uh, it was just kind of like a dirt kind of area, you know, so obviously you can shoot no pucks around. So my dad bought a couple of tennis balls and we used those. We, we and, all uh, stop tennis balls outside. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They don't and, hurt uh, as much. Yeah, no, not at all. No, they're 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 not bad at all. <laughs> I'll take tennis balls all day, any day. <laughs> yep, I'll wear bones as vintage gear and stop tennis balls, no problem. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so it started with these tennis balls, and before I got in between between the pipes, uh, my dad was like, "Pretend, well, these are going to be the posts, and you got to make it in the middle area of the fence to kind of get me used to 
I guess, stick handling and, you know, how to shoot it, yeah. you know, cause I didn't know any of that. It was, it was all fresh for me. Um, so we started, we started playing with that. And then honestly, I, 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 I won't be able to tell you whose idea it was, but someone, it might've been my dad. It was like, how about you stay in between and I'll between those defense and I'm going to take a couple shots at you. Yeah. Cause every, everybody doesn't matter who they want to shoot at a goalie. So it doesn't yeah. surprise me that dad's like, Hey kid, get, get in there. I want to shoot. Exactly. It. When my son and I play knee hockey, I, I just rifle it at him. I, I have no mercy on him. I'm like, I'm going to score kid. The only way yeah. you're going to know how to, the only way you're going to learn is if I keep firing them. No, absolutely. And you know, uh, so yeah, so I, I, I got between, you know, uh, the net, I will call it the net yeah. and, um, you know, a couple softies here and there, and I'm just kind of getting in and then, you know, he'd, he'd back up a little further and then it turns into more of a slap shot. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, wow. Like I got, it was so fast dad. And I still, you know, yeah. And I don't know. Something clicked. Maybe I got too many on my, in my, on my head. Yeah. <laughs> Were you wearing a mask or anything at that nothing, point? Nothing. Not okay. a thing. Because <laughs> when I started playing out in the street, you know, it was with tennis balls and my dad and my neighbor, and I didn't have a mask at first. And my the first gloves we bought were 1970s. So it was a Winwell waffle board. And then the a black Winwell looked like the first base of it. But it was like, that's all we had. And then the plastic Mylac pads we picked up, I picked up later with my allowance money, but I didn't have a mask until like a year later for my birthday. My sister got me a Jason looking iconic, my leg street hockey, but that didn't do anything. It, it was almost right. better if you didn't have it on. It hurt more if you got hit in the face with the mask on than if you didn't have it on. <laughs> yep. No, I hear but, you. But not wearing a helmet taught you to have quick hands. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And tell you what, though, like, and I just, you know, young and dumb, I guess, is the phrase, you know, like yep. really didn't have any fear too. never considered, you know, like, ah, oh, I could actually get hurt. Never yeah. crossed my mind. Um, so, yeah, so that just kind of started it. And then, you know, I kind of got excited about like the goalie position. So then my dad, you know, being a big hockey fan and stuff. He's just kind of like, oh, have you heard about Arthur Zerbe? That's a Latvian goalie that plays yep. for the NHL. And, you know, and I kind of like I knew like I've heard the name, you know, and I've seen like local newspapers, whatever, and this and that. But, you know, I never really paid that much attention. But anyway, so then that caught my eye and I was like, oh, that's cool. Look at the gear and all that. And it just, you know, I think that's one of those things when it comes to goaltenders, you see the gear and I think that's what gets the most people is the yep. helmets, the pads, you know, something about it just piques your interest, you know. And Irbe's gear was so ugly. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it had, it had to have been the ugliest gear out there, right? Yeah. My I first mean, helmet was that Jofa. Now I had a different cage, but it was that same Jofa he wore. Yeah. And he, I mean, he swears by those helmets. Yeah. Um, it's funny. He actually had, um, I kind of to, to keep up with my Latvian because that's like one of my things. Like when I get older, I was so I will not. I was like I will never lose my native language. Like I'll never yeah. forget it. Right, um, living alone, you know. I don't obviously I don't get the chance to talk with my dad all the time. And when we do get together, we always make sure we speak Latvian, and it's kind of helps me, and yeah. it probably helps him as well. You know. Yeah. But when I'm not around, what I do is I I've found local like news places you know that post videos on youtube 
And like mm-hmm. when something new comes out, I watch some sports shows or whatever on YouTube. Yeah. And Arthur Zirbe actually had an interview not too long ago. And he was specifically oh, talking weird. about those masks. And uh, and he just, he swears by him, you know? And, yeah. and the, you know, the host or whoever he was, you know, asked him, was like, well, how come like years down the road when you, when you were still in the league, you know, equipment changed, a lot of things changed. So that helmets, did you ever consider switching to one of the modern masks and uh, Arthur's response was, you know, I, I tried it and I immediately took it off. And the reason why I did that, it made me feel like my head was in a barrel, mm-hmm. Well, which is I, interesting, right? Yeah. I, I wore a Hashik style helmet. It was about halfway through my freshman year of college to about halfway through my sophomore year of college when I got another concussion. I went to it after a concussion and I switched away from it when I got a concussion and that combo helmet is much more open. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's a different feel. I loved the visibility and mm-hmm. I didn't have the dangler on there or anything. So I could look all the way down. It was great. I loved it, but there is a certain, I, I if that's all he ever wore, I could see how he felt like it was just like almost a sausage casing on his head. Um, yeah. Now because of concussions or not, I only pull out the combo for special occasions uh, for fun, but I, I don't wear it hardly ever. I, I, I go with the, the good stuff. So when did you first get on the ice? Was that still in Latvia or was that after you came over here? Yes. So I was still in, I was still in Latvia. Uh, so how, how the whole hockey thing went down. So I, I was born in Latvia in a city called Ventspils. Um, at that time growing up, we didn't have an ice rink. Okay. Um, and then year of 2000, uh, they announced that they're going to build their first ice rink. And it's still the only honest, to be honest <laughs> with you, still in uh, Latvia, uh, in Ventspils, I should say, not in Latvia. Um, so once the construction was going on and it was getting much closer to that ring being done, um, the school I went to, uh, they there was like a, you know, one of the message boards that has yeah. like join the basketball team or, you mm-hmm. know, and there was just a thing, uh, join the future team, you know, city of Ventspils hockey team. You know, it was just one of those like old school where it's just like, you know, just written. And then on the bottom, there were the, like the, you know, little the little pieces tabs. to pull off. Yeah. Yep. The phone number to pull off. Yeah. So. Of course, I didn't. The, the young kids listening to this episode would be like, "What are these two old guys talking about?" But they used to be at all the grocery stores, everything, all the college campuses. You just, right. yeah, it was social media before social media. Yep, exactly. And um, I didn't hesitate. I mean, I ripped one of them slips off and I brought it straight to my dad after school. <laughs> um, my dad, you know, looked at. It, I was like, "Dad, there's going to be a hockey team," you know, and this and that, and. Um, he just, you know, I just vaguely remember it was like, you, you're serious about wanting to play hockey? And I was like, yeah, like, I'd love to try playing hockey. And uh, he signed me up. He didn't, there was really no, no questions. He was like, all right. He just, he called that number. He spoke to, I don't know who he spoke to. I don't know who's, <laughs> whose number that was. Might've been maybe one of the coaches at the time. Um, but he signed me up and, and how it all started was um, since the rink was getting built, Still, uh, the first three-ish months, maybe even longer, uh, we did we did just strictly dry land. Yeah, um, and that's all we did, and we did kind of like lots of running, <laughs> lots of floor ball, 
you know, that sort of thing. And, and kind of like, I guess what they were doing was there, it was a pretty physical, there's a lot of like running and sort of things. And I do vaguely remember that there was like, probably like 30 kids there, maybe Mm -hmm. even more. And then weeks went by, there were less and less and less until there ended up being maybe like 20 of us, maybe even yeah, maybe even less, maybe like 15 of us, you know, uh, cause what ended up happening, a lot of, a lot of kids couldn't keep up with the dry land or, yep. you know, they're like, ah, oh, this is not what I expected hockey would be, you know, and they left. <laughs> um, I happened to be one of the lucky ones, I guess I pushed through all the dry land. And once the rink got built, we just, um, kind of started getting on the ice and then figuring out the actual game of hockey. Yeah. Um, so I guess to really answer your question, I guess I was about, so 2000, so roughly 10, 10 years old, nine, 10 years old, uh, when I really got on the ice for the first time. And it was such an interesting thing, thing too, was, you know, since a lot of us, you know, were pretty fresh, like for me, for example, I wasn't a good skater because I never, you know, didn't have ice, ice, you know? Yeah. I mean, here and there during wintertime, you know, I know kids used to go play on ponds and stuff. Um, and, you know, wealthier families were able to, you know, drive outside of, you know, our little city more into like Riga, the capital, which obviously they had ice rinks and stuff and go play, you know, hockey for a day or something like that. But, you know, like for me and other kids, we didn't have that opportunity. So we yeah. were still kind of trying to learn how to skate. Yeah. So the once again, once, once our rink was all done, I mean, after that, it was months of the coaches, like getting kids get comfortable with skating. And then you start integrating. All right, mm-hmm. let's now add a stick. Let's now add a puck. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I remember even with hockey pucks, we started with, they were blue in color. Yeah, the light They ones. were much lighter. So we started with those, you know, like, Hey, try to like, lift it higher you know when you're shooting and i was like oh i got it and then once you thought you were all comfortable coach through the regular puck all right yeah. try now see and now when like, i was coaching high school and our passing wasn't on point we'd bring out the orange pucks which were weighted and do mm-hmm. a whole practice no shooting just passing and mm-hmm. once once we brought the black ones out though passing was on point yeah <laughs> and with, with my goalies i actually had white pucks to help them with their tracking and that yeah. was always fun Yep. And, um, so yeah, I mean, from that point on, you know, they kind of got us to where we're somewhat comfortable, you know, we were able to skate and, and all that. And, and this was already time down the road. My dad already had purchased all player gear for me (laughs) and I had full player gear and everything. I remember I had to get everything CCM. I was obsessed with CCM. Why? I couldn't even give you a reason because right. it was, I think it was just the name brand and like, it just felt cool. Yeah. So my dad mustered up and bought me everything CCM. I felt like the coolest kid in the block, you know, mm-hmm. skating around with my CCM stuff. And I think what my coach's uh, plan with me was at first to put me as a center because that's kind of like the position he always put me at when we we're doing drills and stuff. Yeah. And around that area. Um, then later on, you know, it came the time where like the new season was coming and, uh, they're like, all right, well, we need to get you guys, we get this team put on the roster and we need to figure it out. Mind you, this whole time we didn't have a goaltender. So all the shootings, everything we did, it was on empty nets 
or like those little mini nets, mm-hmm. you know, that they had. We we never had like a true goaltender. I remember having like a it was like a parent, you know, type of conference where you know the coaches and everyone got together or like, hey, so we're planning on enrolling this upcoming season. Um, these are some of the details we need to work out, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but the main most important part is we don't have a goaltender. Uh, so we're so basically what the coach says, we're at a point where either someone volunteers that is willing to try the position and kind of take one for the team, or out of you know what we see skill-wise out on the ice, we're just gonna pick a player. And it's kind of like, sorry, to, but you're going to, you know, be our goalie yeah. sort of thing. It just, it was an official lamb. <laughs> yeah. It was just one of those situations. So, and you were just like that, like, kind of like that being said, like, is there anyone out of that's like vil- willing to like volunteer? And I looked at my dad. I remember I didn't hesitate. I <laughs> lifted my hand. I was like, pick me coach. Rest was history. It's like, okay. So your hand goes up. Was your dad like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. In fact, I think he was like deep down inside. Hell yeah. You know, cause <laughs> I, I think my dad always had passion for, for goaltenders too. Yeah. You know, um, and we always talk about it, you know, today, till today too. He's always, he's drawn to the goaltenders. Yeah. He, he likes the gear and the masks and stuff. And, I remember like he used to, I mean, still, still today, you know, he was a big uh, hockey card collector, you know, he has thousands of them. And I know he always focused a lot on goaltenders, you know, different gears and masks and so on and so forth. Uh, So, yeah. So, you know, I I volunteered, I said, "I'll, I'll be, I'll be your goaltender sort of thing. And that was it. And the following day, Coach brought me in his office. He's like, we don't have any gear, so we need to get you sized up for gear. Um, so they, you know, measured me, you know, how tall I was, all that fun stuff. And they ordered gear out of, I, I want to say Canada. Um, and they had to rush it because the season was coming up. Yeah, Mind you, I was still a kid and I like, I understood that I like, were going to play hockey against other teams, this and that. But I didn't realize like how soon this was all coming. <laughs> I remember, I remember the gear coming in. Um, I remember the gear was all, uh, McKinney. Oh, the yeah, brand yeah. was, yep. Everything, everything was McKinney minus like the helmet. The helmet was like Ollie or something like that. Yeah. I remember I remember. Those. yeah. So all fresh, brand new, stiff, stiff, stiff. Um, so they're getting on, they're putting everything on, on me. And I'm just, you know, oompa loompa, you know, just like, <laughs> how do you feel? And I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, never had goalie gear on in my life. So coach looks at me and he says, so you're ready to start the game next week. And I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and there it was, man. Um, they threw me in the net next week and it was our first season game and it was a home game. And I remember, I remember the stands like filled, like to the brim, parents, everyone, they were, the city was pretty good at advertising because the rink was brand new, just like hockey, anything ice related was just brand new to the city. And so you were, every, if, if you came to the States around 13, you were probably what, like 10, 11 years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. So that, that, that's what like squirt hockey today. 
Yeah. And it's weird. Like, you know, here, like, you know, you got your AAs, AAAs in house. There wasn't any, there was just like, you're like, um, you 11s or like whatever, you know, they, there's, they didn't buy age groups. And if I, if I were, if I could, you know, compare the skill level, it was close to double A, triple A hockey. There wasn't no in house or anything like that. So we literally just threw ourselves in. And again, like for, from what I told you earlier, like half of us just learn how to skate and just kind of figure out like what really like what mm-hmm. positions, what, and here's me with brand new stiff gear that just came from the, from the plane, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember my first game, like it was yesterday and I think <laughs> it will help me for the rest of my life. Um, it was against a team named Liepais Metalurgs. At that time, these guys were number one in Latvia, unbeatable. Just if any any kid, anyone wanted to go play hockey, most people were like, I want to make Leopias team. Um, because they were just that good. They in fact they went down. Um, it was a Gretzky Cup tournament. Uh either Canada or maybe I had to have been in Canada. Those kids brought it home to Latvia. Oh, nice. They beat up everyone and they were just like talk of the town they're like who are these kids they were just robots the coach just told them what to do and like yeah and like it was amazing to watch them so i was the lucky one to get to play my very first game against them it's kind of like district five against the hawks exactly exactly (laughs) and you know that and that end result they had ended up being 62 to zero oh my goodness but you came back and stayed in the net. I came back, stayed in the net. It was, you know, I I was so bad. I was so, so bad. A game would be behind the net, you know, instead of me like getting in my corners and, you know, using my head, you know, to look what's going behind me. I completely turned around to watch the game. That's that's how dumb I was at the goalie position. No idea what I was doing. And if I saved anything at that game, it was like straight into the breadbasket. You know, mm-hmm. there was nothing where I did anything cool whatsoever. Well, your equipment was still so stiff you couldn't move. I mean, again, kid, young kids listening to this won't understand that when we got new equipment when we were younger, you didn't just take it right out into a game. You kept the old stuff until you got that stuff game ready. Yep. You know, a pair of pads could take three, four weeks to get comfortable. And that's skating almost daily with them. Exactly. And, you know, another thing too, that I, you know, I guess I can mention uh, like these days, you know, for anything almost in life, you know, you have Google, YouTube, Mm -hmm. like if you don't know how to break in something, you can, I guarantee you'll find something on YouTube or like a guy that, you know, had the same set of gear or something, ways of breaking it in faster. I didn't know any of that, nor I had any resources to have, you know, to look anything up. So I had no idea how to break in gear, nothing, you know, so everything was just kind of like, I think this is how you do it, you know? So it Mm -hmm. was just, it was just all kind of like, Oh, so I, someone told me that you should try this or that. It was, it was rough, but, but I, at the same time, I would never take those days back. You know, it's just such great memories for me, even though I got my butt beat that first yeah. season, it was just awesome. <laughs> so let me ask this, you're playing hockey and the family decides 
we're going to move across the pond and we're going to move to the U.S. Were, mm -hmm. Was there a worry on your part that, am I going to still be able to play hockey when we get over there? What, what's that like? And then when you did get over to the U.S., you know, what was it like skating, you know, joining a new team and uh, being welcomed into that culture? Yeah, so it all in, kind of ended up falling in uh, like kind of mid-season-ish for us. So I already had, I played in Latvia and I was actively playing on a team. Mm -hmm. uh, and it ended up being, a, at that time, actually, it ended up also being a whole different team I ended up playing for. Because what, what ended up happening was kind of like our, my age group of kids, the team that I played for, things kind of fell apart. I, and I don't remember details. There's some politics involved in it. Parents got involved. Something That's happened. That's huge sports. Yeah. So <laughs> long story short, there was a there was a, a city called Tulsi that was not too far from Venspils where I lived. Uh, maybe maybe an hour drive, hour hour and a half. Uh, and those kids were struggling with their hockey um, hockey community or like that age group of kids. Uh, they either didn't have enough kids to make a full team, one or the other, but they had their own rink and everything, and they were pretty established. So what ended up happening was to not like completely drop us, they combined those two teams and I ended up playing under their name uh, for like the first half season. So I played with those guys and um, in the middle of it all, uh, the whole move kind of came out of nowhere too. Uh, and the only reason for that was, I knew I, we all knew that that's at that point, we all knew like at some point we're, we're going to move to Colorado, but we didn't know when. And the reason behind that was because all the legal paperwork was just yeah. such a, you know, everything was submitted, but no one could ever give you like a time frame when you're going to get your visa and this or that. So out of the blue one day, it's like, oh, we're getting our visas to United States. And that's, that was like the, one of the biggest things that kept us from not moving there right away. Right. Um, so yeah, one day my, I just remember my dad, I was like, Hey, like in like two weeks, we're, we're kind of packing this, we're moving to Colorado. So it was like, Oh shit. You know, it just, it happened so quick. And th that's big on a kid that age. I mean, your whole world is changing. You're moving to a country where you barely speak the language. You're right. You're leaving. I mean, at, 10, 12 years old, your friends are your world. And this is again, pre-social media. And it's like, might as well be moving to Mars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no, Joe, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I'll be honest. I was such a grump because like I said, I was like 12, 13 years old. And that's that awkward. You, when you kind of start making like real friends, I should say, yep. you know, someone that you kind of hang out a lot together and you kind of get, you started to get a little more of that freedom where you can go with your buddies to like a cafe or something, you know, it's just like, you just feel like you're on top of the world. Yeah. There's and no I'll, responsibility. We don't even know what anxiety is at that no, age. No, <laughs> absolutely nothing. I was making sure you get on school on time, uh, go to hockey practice and hang out with your buddies. I mean, yep. that's all it was, you know, and if you, if you needed some money, you know, maybe wash some dishes here and there for dad or whoever, yeah. and he'll throw you a buck or two. So yeah, I, I, I was bitter about it. Um, you know, I, I felt like, I felt like everything was taken away from me and it felt like starting all over again. Mm -hmm. Mind you, like, I, I mean, I sound like I was just like, you know, so pissed about it all that. I mean, that wasn't really the whole, like I was excited at the same time too. Yeah. 
scared probably, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I mean, I, I understood that like, yeah, can I speak English? Yeah, I can. Uh, but for me at that time to have like a full on conversation, like we're having right now, I probably would have struggled, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mind you, I didn't know anything like kids at school use a lot of slang. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that. They're trying to talk to me about this. I was like, I have no idea. Cause like at school in Latvia, they, English was a required class. You had to take it. Okay. They teach you like formal English. Yes. You uh, know, yeah. the king's chips English. Are, chips are French fries, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. The, the, they're so, teaching you the, the king's English. You know, if you went to England, you would have been better off. Mm-hmm. Cause when I was uh, a teenager, we went to England to visit. Uh, we have family over there. My grandmother was a war bride. So we went to visit the family and, they're technically speaking the same language. And I'm looking, I'm like, I, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was, it was, it, there were worries and bitterness. Um, when it came to hockey though, that was, that was promised. That's one thing that my mom gave me. It's like, you will play hockey when you come here mm-hmm. and I will get you a team. Um, and that time, you know, my, my brother, he, he was already, my brother's from my mom's, my stepmom's okay. side. Yep. Uh, so he was here in Colorado and he was already playing on a club team. And my mom already had, you know, she knew people. And yeah. uh, that was already a conversation that, hey, I have another son that's going to be moving here from Europe and he's going to need a team. So she already had it all worked out. She knew what team I'm going to play for everything. So when we, when we got here, um, it was a, honestly a pretty easy transition. Uh, the biggest thing was I had to get gear all over again. Yeah. Because the gear that I had in Latvia, the club had bought it. Yes. So when I left the team, that all had to be returned. Yeah, it was association gear. Exactly. Um, so, you know, just again, it was exciting for me. You know, oh, I get brand new gear again, yeah. you know. I and, get to go and pick it out this time. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, like that McKinney gear, I hated it. I didn't <laughs> like it. It, yeah. it always felt like, especially the glove and blo- like the blockers, whatever, the glove, like it never really, you know, mm-hmm. like today's gloves, you know, you put them on, they're like a sock. They're nice and soft. I argue I hard as a rock. Give me any set of pads and any blocker and I'll adapt to them. But it's that glove. That glove mm-hmm. is, I think, what every goalie says is the most finicky piece. That's what we're going to obsess over is the glove. In the way it feels, because we all like it to be just a little bit different. Yep. Um, in fact, there, there's certain sets where I love the pads, I love the blocker, but I hate the glove. So to me, that whole set's, nope, not looking at that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, so um, yeah, we got, got to the pro shop. Maybe like, you know, I, I think I spent like a week when I moved here just to get acclimated. And figure out what the hell's going on and where yeah. I'm at, you know, because everything was so fresh. And went to the pro shop, and you know, and and my very my first set here ended up being like a mix of every little bit of everything, you know. We, um, I think my blocker and glove was new. My pads were slightly used, you know, mm-hmm. just to get me going. It was it was yeah. perfect, exactly yeah. what I needed. Um, and yeah, and, and and due to the fact that kind of uh, I was already playing mid-season in Latvia and then transitioning over here, the guys here were kind of mid-season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom got me got me a guaranteed spot into a house team. 
And I remember, I remember that pretty well too. I remember walking in that it was a, like one of them 5am practices. Yep. Um, walking cold, cold, getting that gear and, uh, getting that gear over to the rink and everything walking in that locker room, you know, I was just a fresh face. Everyone knew of it. So from the sounds of it, people were warned, Hey, we're going to have a European kid come play with us. You know, they had one goalie and I was like the second one that they've been waiting for, yeah. for, I guess months they've been waiting for me. Cause I was accounted for already like months before. And I showed up and I remember being, it's sort of kind of awkward, you know, quiet kids try to like, everyone was friendly. No one was mean or anything yeah. like that, but you know, I was pretty shy because again, the language and, and just kind of like, uh, what's going on here, but yeah. super excited. Um, but I remember I, I didn't know what a house team was as well. I didn't know there was a difference between like house and travel. Uh, it was a whole different system for me. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then I just, I just wasn't um, aware of it yet. When you look back, house, you know, transitioning into house was probably a great move. You know, yeah, no, it was, side. it was, it was definitely, it was definitely probably the right thing just to get me going and again acclimated to everything. Um, one thing I'll, that I will say by that time, I, I had started getting better, I should say, you know, like I, I, I could consider like I was, I was pretty comfortable being a goaltender and you know what, it, what the position was and what to do. I had a great mm-hmm. goalie coach in Latvia, a guy named by Uldi Stierpe. Uh, he was actually um, also a goalie coach for, I don't, um, I don't know if you heard of goalie Arthur Shillows that got drafted by uh, the Canucks. I think I've heard of the name. Yeah. So he had him as uh a coach as well. So he was, he was a well-respected coach that still coaches in Norway now. Um, so he, he got me really set up to, to be a good goaltender. Um, mm-hmm. And I, 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 and I just remember getting on that ice, that first practice, you know, in, in-house team, in-house team, there's, there's a mix of kids, right? Right. You have some decent players and you have some players that were kind of like when I first got on ice, <laughs> you know, just, just yeah. kind of, you know, trying to figure out the game. And, and I just remember thinking in my head, it's like, Oh no, I'm going to have to go through this again. You know, it just brought me straight back, back to that first day. Um, but regardless, you know, it, 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 it ended up working out. It was a great season. I had a lot of fun. I met a lot of cool people, got some of my first friends uh, then. And uh, from that point on, you know, I, I ended up moving, moving more towards the travel side. Um, how, how much do you think that having hockey when you moved here helped you, you know, with that transition, with beginning to um, fill in, you know, as, as we talked about Justin Oldman earlier, I'm just thinking from the mental side of it, how much do you think that helped you rather if you came over and didn't have hockey, how hard would that have been? I think it would have been very hard to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think hockey, hockey was a, was a huge thing because um, let's be honest like I, right at that age again when i moved here kids are jerks yeah kids are very mean especially in school man that that first year you know i ended up getting thrown into so i was supposed to where i was at at age they wanted to start me as a freshman in high school but by latvia school system i was still technically in eighth grade um and i remember i remember my mom 
fighting that pretty hard. And she's like, you're not going to throw me into high school. Mm -hmm. How, you know, the language barrier, you know, he's fresh. Like those kids will eat him alive. And of course I didn't understand that, you know, then it's like, I don't care. Like I'll go wherever you tell me to go. Yeah. Um, but you know, going back to the hockey community, you know, it's different. Like, there's kids from, you know, slightly different in age here and there, but you got a coach and stuff and they've been learned to, taught to be respectful to your teammates and they teach you teamwork and stuff. So again, even though I spoke crappy English, like I was welcomed with hugs and everything, you know, yeah. even that first day, even when I was just like still kind of uncomfortable, like, oh, I don't know these kids, you know, but it was, it was all welcome. Yeah school whole different story i mean made (laughs) fun of you know laughed at for the first first maybe year and a half i was here the accent you know uh just everything you know just 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 dumb things you know i would be sitting at lunch and guys girls you know i would be the one sitting alone while people are sitting in groups and and kids walking up and like Hey, so I heard girls don't shave their legs in Europe. Is that true? And like things like that, you know, and it, and it riled me up and, you know, I was always thought, you know, where I was born up to like protect yourself and like stand up for yourself. And it's like an acceptable thing there, you know, you could get in a brawl and the, and the teacher will tell you, Hey, like knock it off, shake hands, you know, and move on with your days here there's calling your parents school suspensions like all this stuff and again that was a whole different system for me i was like oh my god like you know i just wasn't used to it yeah um when i was in high school we had a uh, kid from germany and i don't recall if he was an exchange student or if his family had moved here but it was kind of the same thing you know a couple of us it, it was a bunch of hockey players that sat together noticed this german kid was sitting by himself and then it was you know, he had, he was smart. One of the language electives we could take was German. So he took it for the easy A and one of the other kids taken German, knew him from classes. Like, come sit by us. Well, after we got to know him, then those jokes of, yeah, we heard German girls don't shave their armpits. And he's like, well, yeah. you know, about but it was once we became friends that those, it, exactly. it wasn't hurtful. It was, you know, it was jokes at that point, but it yeah. was just, you know, you see a kid sitting by himself and I think back to it. It's like, of course it was a bunch of hockey players that were like, Hey, let, let's bring this kid over. Let's see what he's about. Yep. No, um, yeah. You know, but it, it doesn't surprise me that it was the hockey and in, in the hockey community that uh, helped lessen that blow. And that, that's such a hard age too. You know, my, my kids are in uh, seventh and eighth grade and my daughter turns 14 this weekend. And, you know, we've been telling her like, yeah, this COVID distance learning has been difficult, but trust us, it's a blessing in disguise that you don't have to be around those little jerks every single day. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I know I'm pretty lucky and everything else, but yeah, if that's a tough age, uh, even when you do fit in, I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine coming from a completely different country culture and trying to have to navigate my way through. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I, again, like I said, you know, in the end, it, it, it really all worked out in the end. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy that I'm here and, you know, and now I'm a U.S. citizen too. And it's just a whole different, you know, yeah, um, life for me. And, and I'm very grateful for it. And like every now and then, like, I think it was like, I don't know what I would be, you know, if I was mm-hmm. still there. And that's, again, that's not to like 
knock on like Latvia and like all the terrible country, anything like that. Nothing to do with it. I love it. I still have family there and it's always going to be home. Mm-hmm. But opportunity wise thinking about it is like, I, I don't know where I would be end up. I don't yeah. know if I would be playing hockey. Like, I don't know. For all I know, I'd be some sort of a drug addict. You know, I don't yeah. know. You know, I, I think that's one of the things um, that bugs me about our country is people don't realize how good we have it here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, I, I have quite a few friends who are immigrants. And so I, I hear from them, uh, you know, how grateful they are. But three of my four grandparents were born in Europe. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it was instilled in me from then the opportunity and yeah, the, the opportunity is there, but it's what you make of it. It's up to mm-hmm. you to, you know, harness that opportunity just because it's given to you doesn't mean you're destined to succeed. You have to make it happen. And uh, I think so many people today just think it's going to happen because they told Mm -hmm. me it would happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you start playing hockey in Latvia. Hockey helps you make that transition moving to America. How far did you make it competitively? Did you play high school? Did you play beyond high school? Um, Yeah, so... (laughs) high school <laughs> so I went i went to uh school in Leg- legacy high school in broomfield colorado uh great school um it was kind of a mix of like <clears throat> super wealthy like you had a little bit of everything right mm-hmm. we we're just it, the school was just kind of placed perfectly like in middle of it all you know a little bit to the north of it or there's like mansions and on the other side there's little lower, you know, economy to economy houses or however yeah. you'd call them. Um, and they did, they did have a hockey team um, before, before I got there. So uh, I guess I was still in eighth grade, I guess, uh, when they had it. And uh, the team ended up getting kicked out for too many fights. Kids <laughs> would brawl and uh, school couldn't tolerate it. One thing led to another completely wiped the hockey team. Oh no. So didn't I get, didn't I get a chance to play high school hockey later on when I was maybe like a sophomore junior, they ended up creating another hockey team, but it was like a combination with a neighboring school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you played under that school's colors. And you know how that is when you're in high yeah. school, you, you rep your high school colors. You're, yes. you're not, you're not going to wear some other team's Jersey, yes. even if it gave you the opportunity to play hockey and get extra time, like, nah, I'm good. I'm better than, you know, so I never, I never, you know, took up, picked up that opportunity. Uh, when it comes to com- co- competitive hockey here in the United States, I only made it up to the A's. Okay. Uh, I tried out, I tried out for double A's and stuff. And I've said this in some of my other interviews uh, uh, on my podcast uh, that I, I, with Jeff Wolf, I had a good conversation, mm-hmm. uh, which is another uh, native goalie here. Um, I one thing that I noticed uh, here in the United States, like in Latvia, were there like politics kind of involved in the hockey? Absolutely, there was. But the politics here in the United States and how involved parents get is like unbelievable. Yes. Um, a lot of the times when you went to tryouts. Uh, and you end up finding that out later down the road, right? Uh, the coaches and stuff already had the teams picked out yep. before kids even had the chance to try out. You could be the greatest skater, the greatest goalie, whatever. But, you know, 
George's dad is my, you know, wife's lawyer or something. Yeah. So I owe him one sort or, of thing. Or they sponsor the team jerseys. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, I, I was coaching at the high school level before we had kids and I was uh, a goalie coach for the high school team. And then I worked with the JV defense and we would offer our time during the week of tryouts for the association. And I would sit there for a week, evaluating goalies, offering my recommendations. And after the first year, like I saw the rosters is like, that kid's not the A goalie. That's the kid I said that should be the C goalie. Yeah, but his dad this. And it was like, mm-hmm. so he just said, I wasted a week of evenings for nothing. Exactly. And the the I mean, one, the other high school coach is like pretty much, but they like to see us out there. It's good for, I said, Next year, I'm not doing it. There, there's other things I can do with my time than waste it when the, the team's already made. And honestly, my son loves to skate on our backyard rink, loves hockey, but he hasn't played organized hockey because of that. He, he's seen it and here in Minnesota, even at 10, 12 years old, they skate six to eight times a week. And he's gone, that's too much for me. And for it to be decided by politics, so mm-hmm. he plays baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a shame. It's, and, and I hate to say, it, but like some, a lot of times I feel it's, it's, it's not even about talent anymore or how mm-hmm. hard you work or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's who, you know, and how, and well how you, know you and how well, you know, him exactly. Um, yep. and one, one, I remember one time when, so I, I played one year in, uh, already had played one year in the A's and I had like an assistant coach that I knew well and had, made a great relationship with him in that season. When our season ended, he ended up moving away from the A's and ended up going like a step above the double A's to coach with this other head coach and create this, you know, next team that's going to bring the cup back for the, you know, for the house, uh, for the club team. And, and I had, my parents had signed me up for tryouts again for that season. And it was still for the A teams. Uh, I was just comfortable with it at that time. Uh, but the coach reached out to me. He had me, he saw me that I was trying out for the A's and was like, how come aren't you doing the double A's? I was like, I don't know. You know, I I guess I didn't have the confidence maybe, or, you know, I was like, I don't know. Like, I just thought I was going to play for the A's. And he's like, no, you have to try out for double A's and stuff. He kind of like, I mean, I almost like I have to have you because he knew who I was and how I played. He knew my Mm -hmm. style. So it was kind of like, well, okay. So he like, arranged everything for me to kind of get thrown in uh, like a day late to the double A tryouts. And I'll be honest, I, re- I remember those tryouts and I think that was the best tryouts I've ever done. <laughs> Played so well. I was so confident. I had awesome saves. I did well. Were the other goals trying out good? Absolutely. Those dudes were good too. But I felt that I at least probably would have earned maybe a backup spot to where mm-hmm. then down the road, I could maybe prove myself and kind of weasel my way in maybe to a starter goalie anyway. So I go, so now I'm doing two tryouts, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm doing this double A's and then I'm running to the A's cause nothing's guaranteed yet. Right. So I'm just like back and forth and a lot of ice time. Awesome. Right. But at the same exhausted, you know, like pretty, you know, spent with, how much ice time and again like my poor parents you know having this bit more time at the ice rinks and stuff when they probably might maybe wanted to do some other things uh you know out of their day um 
so today, you know, last last set of the um, uh, tryouts end and all this. So now we're all sitting in our waiting room and, you know, they call one another and they'll let you know if you made the team or you yeah. didn't make the team and your weaknesses and things that you did awesome, all that stuff. So I, I get pulled in with these double A guys and, and of course, there's my old coach sitting there too and stuff. And they're, you know, praising me, you know, how well I did and impressive work and this and that. And then towards the end, but we're going to have to go with the two other guys because this is their last year. This is their last year they can play for this team because next year, you know, the age groups, they, yep. they just can't no more play in that league or they get them move on and start looking at like whatever else. Uh, so for those reasons, we're going to have to part ways. And I was just so freaking pissed. Yeah. Had nothing like, to do about the talent. It was... I had absolutely nothing to do. It was, it was sorry. We just got to go with the boys that they just deserve to play one more last time. I mean, respect to them. Like it's probably, it was an awesome memory for those two goalies to maybe play one more last time with mm-hmm. some buddies that, you know, they might not see ever again or whatnot. But, but again, that just proved right there. It's like, I had nothing to do with talent or nothing. It was just, you know, who they knew and for what reasons. And I just, I just felt so upset about it. And it's like, you wasted my time. Like appreciate the extra ice time. Like, yeah, but wasting my time, wasting my parents' time. Like mm-hmm. you should have, why didn't you just tell me off, right off the bat, you know, that, Hey, yep. like, we might be able to get you, but keep in mind, like these two other goalies that are trying out here, this would be technically their last year. They they're qualified to play in this league. Yeah. These are and, the guys you got to steal a spot from. Yeah. And that would have made it a different, and maybe made it a different, you know, decision. And maybe I would have said, nah, I'm a good. Thanks. You right. know, maybe yeah. try it next year or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, uh, the, the, the travel hockey here, uh, kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and in the end, what ended up happening was I just, I just got kind of burnt out. Um, and I, and I quit, I completely quit hockey and I didn't play hockey for, I did like seven years, maybe mm-hmm. longer. What and I didn't do back? any 2016 Avs outdoor game with bread wings <laughs> alumni game. Yeah. Got tickets. And that was the first game. Uh, that I went and watched because I like I like I said I completely gave up hockey. Mm-hmm. Gear was rotting away in the corner of parents' garage. I had moved on, living roommates with buddies, just a whole different life, chasing girls, doing things that maybe I should have waited later in my life to do. Um, just completely, just hockey was non-existent. Mm-hmm. That outdoor game came at Coors Field. Um, it was just like a big, like, holy crap, like hockey outside. Like we have to go. So me and my, one of my friends, we ended up purchasing tickets and it was like a two day event. You know, you had, you had the alumni game the first mm-hmm. night and then the actual house played the wings, the following game. Well, anyways, uh, the day after everything was done, um, my mom, my mom worked for Crunky sports and she was able to, hooked me up with some passes to go skate on that ice afterwards. Just like a, just like a normal free yeah, skate, a open you know? skate. Yeah. Um, at that point, you know, mind you again, seven years, I hadn't played. I, I pulled out my old goalie skates, rusted out. Like, I mean, trashed straight to the trash. I was like, well, I don't have skates. 
And my mom's like, well, they're going to have rentals and stuff. Okay. So I went over there with my brother, um, rented some dull skates and got on that ice and started skating around and just like the fresh air mm-hmm. of the ice. And just like, they're like, Oh my God, the Avs played here the other day, the Red Wings and like looking up, you know, in the air, it was like nothing above you. And it was nighttime. You could watch, you know, starlight. Oh, it was just like, wow. Just like blew my mind. Right. Yeah. And it just kind of like something clicked again. And I was just like, why the hell am I not playing? Like I'm supposed to play. Oh boy, I hope you're enjoying the interview thus far. Be sure to come back tomorrow to listen to the conclusion of it. Be sure to follow Keats on Instagram at Between the Pipes Podcast, all one word. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, simply by searching for Washed Up Goalie. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights when I'm able to find a skate during the pandemic, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the shop link on my website. Liking this podcast? Give the BLPA Big Show a listen. The BLPA Big Show is part of the BLPA Podcast Network that is simply a few beer leaguers chatting about their beer league exploits and at times hot topics in the world of hockey. Hosted by Nick Jones and Trish Dangles, and Cara Diabella seems to be an unofficial co-host these days. In fact, their recent episode was just Trish and Cara. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music. I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget... If you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. In fact, I'm working with one brand to uh, maybe work something out here for future guests. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. Train that takes me away. Not gonna see.